0: is Bill. Shall call with trumpet sound. Oh, may I then be found Just in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. On Christ the solid rock, I stand on oh, other ground.
1: Amen. See, David has joined us, albeit from a strange angle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to see all of you that have come to be with us this morning. Uh, there's many things that compete with uh Particularly Sunday morning, uh, most of the world uh, has it as a time simply sleep, or as a time to be involved in recreation. Uh, thinking about mankind. Uh, and Ezekiel. There's so much judgment that is put forward to us regarding God's displeasure with the world and with Israel. The difference is that God has made promises regarding the nation of Israel in the last days. He has not made any positive promises for the world in the last days. Uh, Many think as some would surmise, some reading Ezekiel, that the grave is the end of all things. Well, certainly if that's true, I guess it would make sense to eat, drink and be merry. Tomorrow you shall die. People who are truly without the Lord uh, would be justified uh, according to that kind of thinking. But what about those who claim to know the Lord? Like Israel claimed to be God's people. Here they were. They were characterized as being religious. They were characterized as uh, knowing what God has said, and being hearers of the word, but not being doers. I may speak later in regard to that. I had uh, somewhat of a long conversation this week with Justin about such a matter. Uh, The reason being that as as I suspicioned it would be, he has found nothing in the church which he attends. other than the idea that men should take charge of their lives and be doers of the word, but leaving the Holy Spirit out. And maybe we'll talk about that for a moment. Uh, Does anybody have anything they would like to share this morning? It's uh good to see Taylor and uh Michael join us. Welcome. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. All right. Um so e- Ezekiel chapter Hey Dave, I'll share one thing. Oh, go ahead. Good. good. It's not necessarily Bible study, but
0: just wanted to share that Karen and I are away for the weekend. We're in Mount Rainier celebrating our
1: 22nd wedding anniversary. Oh, oh wow.
0: Well, congratulations. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: Awesome.
1: <laughs> Mount Rainier, yes. It's a pretty big wilderness. Lots of stuff to so, see. Somebody arranged a trip to hike up Mount Rainier for group I used to be involved with and work. Uh, I'm sure glad I didn't go. <laughs> I think even when I was in my late 30s, uh, I would have gotten uh, maybe uh, 10% of the way and uh, turned back. <laughs> so that's what I think about when I think about Mount Rainier. Yeah, I think about clouds and rain and mist and cold and wind and lots of trees is it, is it uh, rainy there now yeah it's raining on me right now i'm outside well it's about 50 degrees and raining <laughs> i hope it does get any worse uh, <laughs> you'll have to go inside okay well let's let's start with verse 20 of chapter 28 and uh, what israel has to say about uh, about uh, the nation that he's interested in right now, only lasts for four verses. Again, the word of the Lord came into me, saying, "Son of man, set thy face against Zidon and prophesy against us." Now, what we see is one by one uh, in. Many times in names of little portions of the world that we know nothing about, um, the Lord has set out to punish, as it seems to me, except for Babylon, at least at this time, except for Babylon, uh, which he is using for his purposes, uh, every nation around Israel. I don't think anybody escaped. And so, son of man, set thy face against Zion, prophesy against it, and say, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I am against these Zion. And I will be glorified in the midst of thee. You see, the Lord glorifies himself both with his blessings and with the fact that he deals with evil. Uh, That that sort of sets the cross uh, in a similar place in that Christ suffered for the whole world uh, so that the whole world had the opportunity to be saved. Uh, I was just listening to that song that Mark played. It talked about the, the blood of Christ and his righteousness. And we probably missed that for 30 or 40 years saying that song. But the fact is that we are saved by the blood of the death of Christ. But we're also, according to Romans 5, as I have mentioned so many times, we are also saved by his life. And... The two cannot be separate. Uh, There is no salvation without Christ on the cross. There is no salvation without the resurrection power of Jesus Christ to make us uh, into his image. And so um, whoever wrote that song, I have no doubt, Thought about that uh, in penning those words. Um, the Lord says, For I will send to her that is Zidon. A Zidon is the area around Tyre. And Tyre was north of Israel and about the place close to where Lebanon is today and the whole area around that uh, being called uh, Zidon. He says, the Lord says that he will send pestilence and blood into her streets, and the wounded shall be judged in the midst of her by the sword, upon her on every side. And I don't know how many times the Lord says what he says next in these passages. Mm A hundred times, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Uh, They shall know that I am the Lord. My friend, you and I maybe live three score and 10 years on this earth, some less, some more. We have only that long to know that he is the Lord. Apart from the time we have here, Uh, There will be no comprehension come. There is only uh, death of the body. And for some, there will be the eternal death of the soul, which will be conscious and will be forever something that the individuals will think on during that time. But there will be no escape. There shall be, he says, verse 24, no more a prickling briar unto the house of Israel. So he turns his face now to Israel. nor Any grieving thorn that are round about them, that despised them, and they shall know that I am the Lord God. And then for just only three verses, actually two verses. He, He spends two verses at the end of chapter 28, bringing us or bringing to Israel good news in regard to the fact that he will he will not forget that and then so he says "Thus saith the Lord God when I shall have gathered the house of Israel from the people among whom they are scattered and shall be in them in the sight of the heathen. Then shall they dwell in the land that I have given to my servant Jacob. Well, what did he mean? He means that after he dealt uh, in judgment with all the world, finally uh, he will deal with Israel after judgment in grace, and they will forever be His people. That's sometime in the future, and they shall dwell safely. We have a large segment; the majority of Uh, Christians are taught that there won't be an Israel after the Lord is done with all things, that all of that, that talks about Israel, which is probably half (laughs) or more of the prophecy of the Old Testament, uh, all of that has to be categorized in order to make any sense, but the plain sense of it is, and the plain word of God is that Israel will never be forgotten by the Lord. That gives me hope. If he doesn't forget them, he will never forget me or you who trust in him. And then he says, and Israel shall build houses and plant vineyards. Yea, they shall all dwell in confidence when I have executed judgment upon all those that despise them round about. And they shall know that I am the Lord their God. Three times we've heard that in like six verses. And now, Ezekiel tells us about that nation that has been around since antiquity. Uh, I don't know. Would I be right in saying that Egypt is probably the oldest known nation on the earth? And they're still in Egypt today. But during the years before the coming of Christ, up until about the time that we are looking at, which would be about Six or so five fifty uh, years, five hundred fifty years before Christ. Uh, up until that time, Egypt was uh, was a matter of of um, power. They were beautiful in the earth. They thought, Pharaoh thought that he was a god and that Egypt would be a power forever. So we read in the 10th year in the 10th month and the 12th day of the month at chapter 29, the word of the Lord came into me saying, Son of man, set thy face against Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and prophesy against him and against all of Egypt. Now, as we go on, clear through chapter 32, we read about the prominent uh, nation in the earth, we read about Egypt, so that's what, 29 to 30, uh, three chapters, I should say three chapters. Uh, and we think, why does God have so much to say about her? We'll go on with verse three. Speak and say, thus says the Lord, behold, I am against thee. Pharaoh, king of Egypt, the great dragon that lieth in the midst of his waters. Now, uh, you should know that the crocodile, which still exists uh, in plentiful amounts in the the River Nile, is referred to as that great dragon it's not satan i don't believe uh the crocodile was considered one of the gods along with a lot of other things including frogs and so on uh one of the gods of egypt and egypt Claimed the river Nile as her own. The great dragon that lies in the midst of his rivers, which has said, My river is mine own, and I have made it for myself. Hmm. I will put hooks in thy jaws, that is in the crocodiles. And I will cause the fish of thy rivers to stick upon thy scales, and I will bring thee out of the midst of the rivers, and all the fish of the rivers shall stick to thy scales. And I leave thee thrown into the wilderness, Thee and all the fish of our rivers, thou shalt fall upon the open fields. Thou shalt not be brought together, nor gathered. I have given thee meat to the beast of the field of the fowls of heaven. And all the inhabitants of Israel shall know that I am the Lord because they have been a staff of reed to the house of Israel. That's not good, by the way. Um, We still have Egypt with us today. The fact is that At this time, time of this writing, a little afterwards, came after Nebuchadnezzar got done with bringing Israel into captivity. He brought Egypt into captivity. It didn't last 70 years. It lasted 40 years. But after that, they were no longer under the heel of the Babylon uh, and they never to this day will ever be a prominent and a powerful nation in the world. Now, you may remember that just uh, in at least some of us in our early lifetime, we remember that Egypt was one of the nations that came against Israel uh, and was defeated soundly by the Israelites uh, because she didn't have the power that we think of her having at the time of Pharaoh in the Old Testament. Never again would she rise to prominence, but she will still be a nation. When I read these words, (laughs) and <laughs> here it is in verse six. And all the inhabitants of Egypt shall know that I am the Lord, because they have been a staff of reed to the house of Israel. It makes me think of a scripture which says that there will come a day when all who are in the earth and all who are under the earth, now you wonder, you must understand what, the scripture says those who are under the earth are talked about being in Sheol. Now, Sheol is very prominent In the next several chapters is a place where all of the inhabitants including the kings and so on the inhabitants of the world will be Uh, and we need to understand although it doesn't tell us i don't believe it doesn't tell us here that Sheol is divided into two sections. During the time up until Jesus Christ, everyone who died went to Sheol, but it was divided into two sections. Uh, you will see several references, but particularly in the Gospels, to Abraham's bosom. Abraham's bosom was where all the godly people ended up, uh, and all the ungodly ended up in Hades, which was the bad part of Sheol. Now, when Christ, you go to Ephesians 4, when Christ rose from the dead, he went to Sheol, at least I believe this, and he pronounced in Abraham's bosom that those who had been righteous in Jesus Christ could now, because he had paid for sin, sin had not been uh, atoned for up until that time. But he would pay, had paid for sins, and all those in Abraham's bosom, he speaks as being his captives, and he takes them on to heaven because now he can. He takes them onto heaven and Hades, that part of Sheol uh, that uh, was, um, I should say, I should say Abraham's bosom, that part of Sheol that was uh, for the godly up until the coming of Christ is now empty. And so. To go there now would only mean to go into Hades, or what we translate hell. And one day, hell itself will be cast into the lake of fire. So there is no reprieve for those in hell at uh, this time or ever. Except we do know that everyone will know that God is Lord of the earth Mm -hmm. and that Jesus Christ is Lord. Mm -hmm. And so that is where we find today most of the people from the land of Egypt, which has been made desolate, uh, shall know the Lord. Verse 9 again says, they shall know the Lord, I am God, because he has said Thy river is mine, and I have made it. Now, I don't think people overall, even those who want to know better, understand that there is a place of punishment and torment immediately available. And later to be cast into the lake of fire. Verse 10 Behold, therefore I am against thee and against thy rivers, and I will make the land of Egypt utterly waste and desolate from the Tower of Cyrene even. Unto the border of Ethiopia. No foot of man shall pass through it. nor foot of beast shall pass through it. Near shall it be inhabited for 40 years. So there's the 40 years that I talked about. All right. The Lord goes on. Uh, in verse 15, he tells us, As I've told you, that Egypt will be the basest of kingdoms. In other words, it won't amount to much in the earth. Neither shall exalt itself any more above the nations, for I will diminish them, and they shall no more rule over the nations. My friends, if you take... A look at a map of of the Middle East. You will see uh, under new names, but yet there, mostly under new names, all the nations that the Lord is discussing here you see the area of the world that is discussed in Bible prophecy. In fact, you should know that Bible prophecy does not talk about the fate of nations except as they have some relationship, good or bad, mostly bad, Towards Israel. And so when you read about Meshach and Shach and Tubal and Gog and Magog, you know, we talk about the area of Russia and the, the steppes uh, uh, in between. The uh, steps is the grasslands in between. Uh, He's talking about them only because they have a relationship to Israel. Now, we sit in a ringside seat right now watching the predictions to Ezekiel, I believe, 38 and 39, where Russia and uh, Iran and uh, Libya, and uh, a couple of the nations I forget right now, will gather together against Israel for great war in the coming days. We can see that that is stacking up right now. The window of opportunity has come one step closer now that Afghanistan has been turned over to the heathen. soon, uh, and the fact that the United States after this week can no longer be considered in the world as uh, a nation that the rest of the world can depend on. So we Powers of be, don't know, but we have fallen. And we will continue, mark my words, to be weak. And there soon will be nothing to stop those nations from coming down against Israel for plunder. They won't be coming because they hate Israel, especially, although they do, but they'll be coming for what Israel can provide for them in resources. And the war will go on. The Lord himself will intervene, and Israel will yet come out of it as a nation still having her sovereignty, and soon the Antichrist will show up on the scene, promising that little nation, making a covenant that that little nation will be protected. We know that covenant will be broken. And we know that at that time will be we will be in the heart of what we call the great tribulation. The earth will be a terrible place, and we will be with the Lord in heaven. And so uh, I'll deal now with chapter 30 Um, still dealing with Israel if you have a Scoville Bible it says Egypt in the day of Jehovah and what is mentioned here I'll start reading in verse 2 son of man prophesy and thus saith the Lord God, How be, how, that's like a dog, uh, woe worth the day. Well, that's a uh, saying that uh, certainly has passed by the wayside. Nevertheless, for the day is near, verse three, even the day of the Lord is near now you should know we're not talking about the day of the lord when we're talking about egypt here or we're talking about nebuchadnezzar and babylon taking israel into captivity for 70 years uh the day of the lord has not come yet as many have said it had, even in Paul's time. The day of the Lord has not come. I'd like to think of the day of the Lord as the day when the Lord will take definitive action against the whole world. And it will be in a way that uh, leaves no doubt That man is not in charge of the world. That, like those crocodiles that he talked about before, the leaders of the world are being uh, fastened with a hook in their mouths and they are being drugged by God. They don't know it, but they are being drugged by God to the place where he wants them to be for the prophecy that he has made and said, this will come to pass. Uh, there you get some of the nation. Uh, Ethiopia, verse 5, Libya and Lydia and all the mingled people and Chubb, which is in North Africa, that's talking about that region, North Africa, and Chub and the man of the land is in league, shall fall with them by the sword. And again, we get to verse 8. We read these words and they shall know that I am the Lord. You know, our conversations, my friend, because it's on our mind, maybe about COVID, maybe uh, about what is happening in Afghanistan what is happening in the European common market, whatever. Those those are because, those discussions are because we are so associated with the present state of things. You, however, according to our word and myself, are not citizens of this world. And so, we know what's going on. In fact, we should know better than anybody that the Lord is in charge and that certain things are coming. Now, the the average person who calls themselves by the name of Christ don't know even the doctrines of salvation, let alone do they know that God has told us many of his plans for our future. And we should know that he is God and we are his children. And we are not to be associated with this earth. We consider ourselves as spectators. We consider ourselves of citizens of heaven not of this world, therefore don't make so much of what you see, understand it, understand what the Lord is doing, because he has told us, and he wanted you to know, and he made it possible, but of course, if you are Andy Stanley, and you have unhitched yourself from the Old Testament, you only have less than half of the Bible Mm -hmm. to know the will of God. They shall know that I am the Lord. When I have set fire in Egypt, when all her helpers shall be destroyed, Verse ten: Thus saith the Lord God, I will also make the multitude of Egypt to cease by the hand of Nebuchadnezzar. So there, and there's other places that tells us that Nebuchadnezzar will put them under his heel, uh, even while he has got Israel under his heel and many other nations in the earth. There is a judgment, by the way, for Babylon, but it's not yet in this writing. And uh, he will make the multitude of Egypt to cease by the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. It's, kind of, it's interesting to me Uh, I think it's called the Ashwan Dam. Uh, It's a dam in Ethiopia, as I recall. Uh, You know that as we speak, Israel, or pardon me, Egypt is desperate for water. They they thought they owned the land. They thought that the Nile was of their making. But now they're thirsty and they don't have enough water for the farmland. Uh, things have changed. And the Lord told us about it. I will, verse 12, I will make the rivers dry and sell the land into the hand of the wicked. And I will make the land waste and all that is therein by the hand of strangers. <laughs> I have spoken it. Thus saith the Lord God, I will destroy the idols I will cause their images to cease of note. He's referring now to places in Israel. There shall be no more prince in the land of Egypt. And I will put a fear in the land of Egypt. I will make pathos that's in northern Egypt. I will make pathos desolate and set fire in Zoan and execute judgments in No, and I will pour my fury upon sin. That's capital, S-I-N. Uh, if you've heard of the wilderness of sin and just blow Israel and Egypt, that's the area he's talking about. Finally, he says to us, "Thus, I will execute my judgments in Egypt, and they shall know that I am the Lord." I have a few more remarks, but let's ask, uh, Mark, if you got another song for us. Fooled you.
0: <laughs> okay. Yes, I happened to pull one up uh, a little bit ago, and then you started talking about it. right, King. This world Jesus reads from the grave. Soon, the.
1: Thank you, Mark. I'll make just these few comments on chapter 31. There's no use going over more than the first half of verse 31 and the fact that it compares what Pharaoh had thought regarding his kingdom. that was great. that uh, um, remember what I told you about the birds, all the fowls of heaven made their nests in his bough. you remember what I told you about 10? And under his branches and the beasts of field bring forth their young and under his shadow dwelt all great nations. That's as he talks about the fall of the supremacy of Egypt. And he he says in verse 11, I have therefore delivered him into the hand of the mighty one of the heathen. That's Nebuchadnezzar. He shall surely deal with him. I have driven him out for his wickedness. Then I want to take you down to understanding verse or chapter 31 in relationship to what Egypt used to be even as the Lord compared it to the fora uh, and fauna and the fauna in the uh, Garden of Eden. Verse 16, I made the nations shake at the sound of his fall. Nobody would have believed it for Egypt. When I cast him down to hell with them that descend into the pit, And all the trees of Eden and the choice and best of Lebanon and all that drink water shall be comforted in the nether parts of the earth. That means they will be in Sheol. That means they will be, I'm using other words now, that they will be in Hades they will be in the pit. I'm just using uh, words that mean the same thing. You read them in the New Testament. Know that you're talking about Hades, hell, that part uh, not associated with Abraham's bosom. My friends, again, I said probably a little about this, but a little more is often people understand the grave. In other words, being buried in the ground for your body to be all that there is. But the Lord... Makes a distinction clearly between the grave and the pit. And the pit is where the souls of those who are in the graves, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: uh, who were unrighteous, uh, have ended up. They also, verse 17, went down into hell. (laughs) He wants to make sure we don't misunderstand. Went down into hell with him unto them that are slain with the sword. There's some reason here that you might expect, and I don't know one way or the other, but you might expect to have uh, discussions with many peoples in Sheol, that is in the pit. Uh, in my opinion, although there's less said about it, the place of the lake of fire, which hell will cast into, in my opinion, does not uh, allow conversations between the souls that are there. It is a place of all It is a place of outer darkness. It is a place without hope or any kind of, of uh, comfort. Now, in my opinion, even hell is worse than the pit. Scripture says they also went down into hell, i talking about the pit, then to, to them that be slain with the sword, they that were his arm, that is Pharaoh, that dwelt under his shadow, in the midst of the heathen, to whom thou thus like in glory and greatness among the trees of Eden. Yet shalt thou be brought down with the trees of Eden unto the nether parts of the earth. Again, talking about how. Thou shall lie in the midst, and there's much said about this in these passages. Thou shall lie in the midst of the uncircumcised. Now, that's from Ezekiel's standpoint. The Jews that were faithful to God. Uh, they would seek God. But when he talks about the uncircumcised, he's talking about those pretty much, pretty much. Although we know that circumcision wasn't the ultimate message, certainly, of being one of God's people. Nevertheless, it's used in a negative way. That's why in the midst of the uncircumcised, with them that be slain by the sword this is pharaoh and all his multitude saith the lord god well thank you for your attention today i'm going to stop there i tell you it won't be long and the whole tenor of Ezekiel will change, and quickly then we will be brought to the end of it. Let's pray together, Father. Thank you for your word. Every word here, Lord, is divine. Yes, God breathes, it's not. Lord, it's not the imagination of men. For one thing, nobody could know it and think so, because it's each part of it, Lord God, agrees so well with the rest, written over a period of it of uh, you know more than a thousand years. Assuming that the scriptures weren't written anymore after 400 BC or thereabouts. Uh, but Father, we thank you for every word of it. I thank you that you have told me that you know. And it's turned out to be true that Egypt it doesn't amount to much in the world, but they're still here. Lord, how would you think of knowing that Mm -hmm. some two thousand, what three, two and a half thousand years ago? Mm -hmm. Uh, He knew it because the Lord said, Mm -hmm. We thank you, Father, you have not left us without a word, Mm -hmm. and you have gone on by the cross and the life of Jesus, that we, Father, are greatly comforted. Though this world be a cesspool of wickedness, One day, one day will be the day of the Lord. That which comes after. And righteousness will cover the earth. As the waters cover the sea. We thank you in Jesus' name. In whom we pray. Amen.